Truthfully, what happens is, as children grow up, we start to educate them progressively from the waist up. And then we focus on their heads, and slightly to one side. I think of the old days. You were better off. Because nowadays, they're all specialists. Everyone's becoming better and better. And less and less. And eventually, someone's going to be superb. Like nothing. Our education system has mined our minds in the way that we strip mined the earth for a particular commodity. And for the future, it won't serve us. We have to rethink the fundamental principles on which we're educating our children. We're not here to tell everybody that they're wrong and we're right. We're not saying that we have all the answers, but um, we'd like to present a different way of looking at it. Hello listeners, welcome to episode 49 of uh, China Jedication. Uh, would you believe we are one away uh, from the 50th? Um, Alex Eldridge Torin Tull <laughs> is, um, it is his name, is in the studio of us today, Alex. That was an attempt of my name. <laughs> so Torin Alex Tull, Eldridge Tull. Yeah, that's quite okay, close enough, close enough. Um, all the way from England, uh, now living and working uh, with us in, uh, in, in South China. And uh, we're completing a little mini-series within a series, aren't we, Alex? Yeah. On um, how ignorant you are, uh, in particular how ignorant most of us are, including myself, and, and really looking at misconceptions that revolve around a spiralling um, strategy by the United Nations of 17 key... Uh, sustainable goals for mm. a better, brighter, happier future, blah, blah, blah. And over the, the last few podcasts um, in China Education, we've been looking at various um, interesting, very key topics linked to these sustainable goals. Mm. If you remember, the first one was uh, on zero hunger, or I think no poverty was yeah. one. We framed some questions, always six questions around from, each of them. Yeah, from, from uh, this gapminder.org. Very good. Gapminder.org is the website. Yeah, plug there if you want to know where we're getting this um, most useful of useless information from. And the other one was Zero Hunger, uh, which was another interesting one. Uh, Lots of misconceptions there. Good health and well-being, quality education and gender equality. So if you haven't listened to those, uh, we do recommend, uh, don't we, uh, Alex, that you go back and listen to some of them because there are a lot of things that we learned. Absolutely. I think every single... Certainly, we've noticed patterns, to say the least, through st- through the style of questions. Mm-hmm. But regardless, with every single question, it's fair to say that I've nearly every single question I've never really thought about it in my day to day life. I don't think I've ever thought about some of these questions before. Just shows how sheltered my life has been in a weird way. Just yeah, not not necessarily thinking too much about mm. the depth of uh, some of these issues issues yeah yeah and I mean I, I my take home point from it yeah I'm obviously we're going to finish the sixth one today uh, which is centered around clean water and sanitation listeners mm. um, we take it for uh, for granted don't we a, a lot of these things the clean water we get oh, of course yeah. in China we we can't drink the tap water so we buy the barrels yeah and who knows where they come from I get a spring water Junliu Shui uh, spring water which comes up from the mountain um, but I've never been to the source, so I'm only there to believe that it's from there and I'm still alive. But anyway, again, we take for granted back home in England during lockdown, you know, you can drink the tap water. And some may say it's not great, but at least you can drink the stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, it's got loads of fluoride in it, but that's another conspiracy. So um, 
Let's move on. And what I've learned from what I would say is, I, I mean, I thought you were ignorant, but I really realised that you're even more ignorant than I thought you were ignorantly ignorant about. And yes. um, that's been a, well, a bit of an eye-opener. And, and, yes. and indeed for myself, I would always say I'm just as ignorant as I always think I am, which is quite ignorant. Um, <laughs> right. So clean water and sanitation, Alex. Let's pit yeah. our wits against uh, this UN goal. And listeners, please join us in trying to get the correct answer as well. We'll start with question uh, number one then, shall we, Alex? How many people in the world have access to safe drinking water in their home or close by? How many people in the world have access mm. to safe drinking water in their home or close by? Around 30%? Around 50% or around 70%. So three answers to chew your cud on. Wow, okay. So the bit that I'm sort of thinking a bit about is nearby. That choice of word there, you know, nearby. I mean, I've got to say 70%. But again, that might just be me taking things for granted because I know... I mean, maybe not, though. Can I also just say, where did you get the word nearby from? Because it's not in the question. You said, have I access said, to drinking water... In, in their, their home, home or close their, by. Sorry, close, close by. by. But you're right. In, okay, right. what does right. that mean, close by? Because <laughs> to some people that walk miles a day, close by could be a mile. Exactly that. Yeah, we could just, certainly here in, you know, we can just either go around to the corner shop and... Grand bottle of that's water. Close that's close by. Clear. That's it. Oh, we're fudging again, aren't we? We are. So that's yeah. why I'm thinking it's the top. It's got to be 70%. Yeah, again, as we have noticed over these series of questions and topics, this um, uh, organisation, Gap Minder, uh, which apparently has no links at all, affiliations with any political, religious or monetary organisation, mm. it's um, self-donating from people like perhaps ourselves that go on it and, and are interested in information. They mm. have tried in a way, <clears throat> or it's certainly what they are seeming to be, the patterns are suggesting, is they do show all these questions in rather a positive rosy light, which is a much better than most of our um, apparent uh, misconceptions. Yeah. Um, I'll but go then for again, But then again, I mean, I'd be, I think I'd be, I, in a weird way, I guess I'm slightly... I don't want, I don't want to say I'm hopeful if... Uh, I'm wrong. But then again, I, it's tough to say how many, do we know how many countries have got running it's water? It's got to be 70%, hasn't it? And it must be. Well, the answer, uh, listeners, and Alex, it is. And 82% of people got that wrong. They really, really? must be wow. terribly ignorant. I mean, do um, you really think that, I mean, is that to say, are we 50%? Are we saying like, you know, the entire Southern Hemisphere or something doesn't have access to clean tap water or something or clean running water? Well... Wow. It says most people overestimate the number of people that lack access to safe water. Okay. It's probably because they don't want to trivialise the suffering um, of all the thirsty people in the world. Water is one of the most basic human needs, and today 70% of the world's population have access to safe drinking water in their home. Another 20% have access to a well or a tap within a 15-minute walk, there we go, from okay. their home. Across the world, the trends are rising, and 90% already have access to safe um, drinking water. So uh, when they say close by, they're saying 15, 15 minutes. minutes so, I mean, that's mile, mm. basically. You know, you can walk a mile in 15 minutes. Depending on, of course, 
how good you walk, or even if you can. Uh, many yes, people, I think, yeah. Many people are still killed by preventable infectious diseases and parasites from contaminated drinking water. It's terrible. Um, in some places, the groundwater level is declining, and new solutions are needed to solve this. But in most places, old solutions would work well. Local governments need to manage local water resources properly by building more pumps and connecting more pipes. So, as we said, 90% of people already have access to safe drinking water, and they're getting closer. Uh, this is saying to reach 100% to let all people still have their first um, on a daily basis without getting ill. Well, yeah, again, should be 100% um, fundamental water. Can't go without it, can we? Yes. Um, we can go out food, but water is absolutely essential. Absolutely, yeah. Did we, see, did we do a double absolutely there? We did. Absolutely. Right, let's, <laughs> let's move on to question number two. Worldwide... How many people living in rural areas use surface water, such as lakes, rivers and streams, as their drinking water? Worldwide, how many people living in rural areas use surface water, such as lakes, rivers and streams, as their drinking water? Uh, my first thing is, sorry, here's the answer, it's less than 10%, around 30% or more than 60%. In a lot of cases, I would probably say um, that you're probably drinking, and I said probably twice there and I said it again, that they've... There's a probable chance they're drinking probably better probable water than what's probably in uh, non-rural area taps anyway. Yeah, because when we say rural areas, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, r- rural rural flowing water up in, you know, mountaintops where obviously it's spring water, yeah. it's more flowing, it's cleaner. But rural could be in a bog. Well, we don't want that, do we? Right, but that's technically still rural, isn't it? Yeah. So in the box. The... Yes, exactly. It depends on the geography. I mean, I think what they're suggesting is that it's probably not good to be drinking surface water uh, from lakes, rivers and streams. So what do you think? Um, less than 10% of people are able to do that? Around 30 or more than 60? I mean, I would say around maybe 30, but... Okay, around 30%. I'm going to go less than 10% because, again, I think it wants to paint this rosy picture. I'm sticking with that one. Let's see. And it is indeed, again, I win, you lose. Um, it's a rosy uh, picture. Yeah, it is less. It's a rosy picture. 71% of people, including yourself, um, uh, Mr. Aldrich Toll, uh, got that wrong. I'm trying to wonder if this is sort of being painted as a rosy picture. In what way? Well, it says here you don't realise, be... you don't realise, because of your ignorance, that most, 96% <laughs> of rural dwellers get water from some kind of well, um, pipe or spring. Uh, not from okay. surface water. So I guess the ignorance is there is just not realising how much improvement has been made to those water facilities. We, indeed. And speaking of wells, do you know where so, they were invented? Or well, at least where they found the oldest ones? Uh, no. Well, they were invented at least 6,000 years ago. Yeah. According to the oldest evidence from um, Zhongguo, China. Oh, wow. Yeah. Apparently missing safe drinking water is still a big problem for some people who don't have a well. Uh, But the size of that problem easily gets overestimated. There is the misconception. Living in rural areas is different from urban areas, but not very different. Most rural areas are much more developed than people realise. Only 4% are missing a well for their drinking water. Most people we asked imagined that it's more than 30%, uh, such yourself. That's more Mm. than seven times wrong. Seven times wrong. So it's it's saying, I mean, less than 10%. I mean, that's saying what, around... Four or five percent. Well, four percent sounds small, but that's roughly a hundred million people we're talking about. So, I mean, that's crazy. That's a lot. You know, poor them. We all deserve to have decent drinking water 
going down into our stomachs, right? That's wow. Yeah, this uh, this is crazy. Is there anything else that it sort of says? Well, talking of surface water, because I think we alluded earlier that it could actually be better than the tap, or I did. Um, it can sometimes be completely safe, especially where people live far apart. We're right. saying up in beautiful areas of the world where yeah. humans like ourselves haven't ruined it. Um, but it can have invisible germs that cause terrible illnesses like diarrhea and cholera, which spread right. via, of course, contaminated water. And, and such diseases kill, uh, those diseases, diarrhea, cholera, water-related diseases, kill how many a year? Oh, gosh, got to be quite a high number. It's got to be loads. Um, drink. Are we going to say millions? If I say in the millions, does that sort of just because then I'll... Well, apparently it said here 4%, 100 million weren't getting access to even well water, so... So out of those 100 million, um, I'm going to say... Uh, I mean, it must be a majority of those. Not At quite. least over 50, yeah. 50 million. That's genocide by water. Pretty much. I mean, it's got to be if they well, don't have access to it. says here that such diseases kill half a million waterborne diseases each year. Half oh, a million, which is still a hell of a oh, lot. Oh, I guess, yeah. I think I'm maybe, maybe overestimating now because the other side as well, okay, I'm thinking maybe catching it. I would yeah, be, yeah, I maybe, believe yeah. then it's whether there's the treatment around it. It does um, say the data-wise, and, and, and this is a good thing about this site, listeners, um, gapminer.org it does say can I trust this data on every question that we ask and it does say here yes but you must be aware of its limitations and you know the countries it's coming from and the national level data and all this kind of stuff yeah. and, and, and also it says the WHO and UNICEF provides estimates in many cases so yeah but again we know there's an issue and um, it's something that you know again on these podcasts we're trying to expose these yeah. kind of things and think about things maybe not think about so mm. should, we, should we move on to that yeah yeah I'm, I'm ready when you are I mean that bottle of water you've got there um, is yeah. a decent bottle of water we don't know where it's from but it's in a shop so you'd imagine it says French c'est bon um, yeah. it is good uh, is it good yeah it's delicious yeah okay very watery next question then question number three worldwide uh, Alex I'm ready yeah. worldwide how many people have no toilet of any kind Ooh. and instead have to use bushes fields or streets um, worldwide how many people have no toilet of any kind and instead have to use bushes fields or streets i mean this is oh, I mean, not even like an outhouse not even an outhouse bushes fields or streets uh, roughly 10 percent of the world 30 percent or 50 percent i mean if it was 10 percent that's just that's enormous that's unbelievable isn't it i mean it's got to be 10 percent, but that's that's such a high number mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. 10% of the world's population. What, 7 billion? 7.6 billion. So we are saying uh, 76, sorry, 760 mi- million people of the world doing their business on the streets. Or in fields or bushes. Well, the fields and bushes are probably good for the fertiliser, maybe. Yeah, streets, all, so. yeah, that's the thing, yeah. And you, you know, it's, you know, it's just another form of fertiliser, like as any form of excrement. Uh, right, well, let's... Yeah, I'm, it's got to be the smallest. I, I, I kind of want it to yeah. be. I, I'm going to go with you on that. Um, it's got to be, hasn't it? Let's see. It is. Yes, it's roughly 10%. But it doesn't make me feel good. Uh, 10% of people are having to do their, their Richard III's in bushes, fields, uh, or on streets. And uh, 71% got that wrong. By the way, um, they thought. So they thought it was much higher. Yeah, they thought a third or more of the world's population have no toilets. That would smell a lot. Uh, it, it, it seems to say, I guess. 
I guess it would. I mean, the fact that roughly 10% of the world's population have no toilet at home, it's still not good, is it? But it's much lower than what it says here, most people think. And in 2000, year 2000, there was twice as many. So in 20 years, um, it's gone from 20% down to 10%. Using the bushes, fields or other open areas to go to the toilet creates many risks to both humans and the surrounding environment. Yes, you were saying. I'm just curious on who's actually doing these sorts of surveys. I was just going to say, when you said toilet... No, it's just the fact that like, you know, 70% of the people, 77, 70%, 70% of the people who have done this survey, um, who have done this, done this questionnaire, think that a third, over a third of the world are pooping and, are pooping and doing their excrements in the street. And I just, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like you... That's basically saying if I go outside, I'm going to see at least one person doing their business. Statistically speaking, obviously it depends on the where in the world. But well, that's the issue. That's, that's the issue, isn't it? I think. Apparently, they got a lot of their data. You know, the question is here: How can I explore hundreds of toilets from all over the world? And they say here on our tool, which is called Dollar Street, and the images below show what some people use if they do not have a toilet. Some of them actually look quite nice. Um, actually, there again, all on Gapminer.org. We have no links to them at all. It's just a site that Mr. Toll came um, about browsing on when he was doing no work opposite me <laughs> Cheers. Uh, while we were meant to be teaching. Um, so let, let's move on from that. Quite interesting, but still 10% don't have a toilet. I mean, that's the thing, though. That's mad. Yeah. Pretty mad, isn't it? Well, move on. Wow. Question number four, Mr. Toll. Of all the fresh water used in the world, okay. um, how much goes to agriculture? Of all the fresh water used in the world... How much goes to agriculture? Around 30%, 50%, or 70%? Hmm. Okay. Out of all the fresh water in the world. So I'm thinking it's got to be the... I'm tempted to say smallest amount. Because it's saying fresh water. What, you know, what is the priority list of how we divvy up the fresh water? Now, naturally, the top priority is people mm-hmm. or at least I'd hope that's the top priority second priority I would assume would maybe be maybe agriculture I mean would agriculture livestock. well I think the problem is livestock? I think most people will be, be will be saying oh we're using all this water for animals and stuff to make this all the meat and all the things yeah. we're cutting down the Amazon rainforest and, and by the way listeners there is actual a lot of evidence for this. I think we eat far too much meat. And all you meat eaters out there, um, I'm not suggesting to stop eating meat, but I think you should stop eating so much. Um, I eat very little of it, and I'm, I still manage to survive and have a very happy life. And there are some beautiful plant-based uh, um, uh, alternatives out oh, there yeah. now coming through, much more so than, than 10, 20 years ago. Um, but uh, I think that's what it's going to be. So I'm going to say, like you, 30%. Uh, because I think it's going to have that as a misconception. Should we go for it? Yeah. There we go then. Oh, we're wrong. Oh. You're not going to believe this. Are you looking to further your career in education? Teach Now offers a convenient online teacher preparation and master's degree program completed anywhere in the world. Reach Now for Teach Now. Ain't no time for defeat now. Teachers get off your seats now. Future generations need you now. Work with people all over the world in a collaborative, activity-based teaching environment. To learn more, visit teach-now.edu. Expertise that is really outside of the box. 
the answer is around 70% um, of uh, fresh water. I mean, that basically suggests that... It's used for agriculture. Either, I mean, again, this links to this idea that how much water is, how much fresh water is required... For livestock. For I mean, us... And then also how much is required for... There's, there's two sides for it, yeah. There's obviously far too... I mean, that, that does mean that there's absolute fact then to these, you know, movies like Cowspiracy and things like this. That there are, we are using copious amounts of our resources to feed these animals up to produce uh, food for this um, protein-wanting nations, yeah? It's clearly, it's just a luxury. That's all it is. Just Wow. That's, that's quite that's, something, um, and I would say that's probably very quite near the truth then, if that's marrying up, because I, I do find a lot of these questions seem to be rather rosy and, and so over-egging the positivity <laughs> of the situation. But um, regarding this misconception, everyone knows that water's needed to grow food, um, but it's much more than people realise. Think of the large fields that must be properly irrigated to not run dry, particularly in areas where there isn't much rain, and the animals that need to drink. All of that dwarfs the amounts used in the municipal and industrial sectors. Wow. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show. I mean, yeah, so as, you know, as we've, as you've said already, seriously consider sort of vegetarian or vegan, or at least cutting down the amount of meat. And I, have you heard of the Meat Free Mondays? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's sort of, maybe how true this whole, idea is but the idea is if everyone in the population of the world went meat free every monday um climate change would um would stabilize um due to the greenhouse gas due to greenhouse gases from methane etc are you suggesting we have a, That's a, an, a, an amount a, an amazing amount of unified power if we were all to come together as one global unified race i mean yeah, don't I don't think so. <laughs> like that's so a, that's a no-brainer. It's, it's an elephant in the room, isn't it? <laughs> um, it but, but one thing I have to say on this, when we talk about agriculture, it doesn't split how much is going to plant-based agriculture and also to animals, but yes. livestock. I would suggest, though, from the research I've done and, and the documentaries I've watched, that a lot more of it is needed for livestock oh, than yeah. it is for, for, for plants, non-livestock. Absolutely. I mean, you think about how much we require for our day-to-day living. We're essentially feeding another, another living, another living being. Yeah. And they require a similar sort of amount to us. And they're not really living, are they? The way they get. Yeah, it's, it's some of the treatments. Disgraceful, yeah. really, in all these places. Uh, okay, let's move on to question um, ten. Some more question ten. Question five. <laughs> Here it is. How many uh, countries out of 195 have at least one desalination plant removing salt from salt water? How many countries out of 195 have at least one desalination plant which removes uh, salt from their salt oh. water? So I guess we've got to be thinking uh, countries on the coast, right? Because, you know, they're going to be more access to the sea, right? Yeah. Yeah, it must be. Which would bring down 195 quite considerably, would it not? The answers, by the way, are over 30 countries, 100 countries, or 180. Well, it's not 180, is it? Um, Unless we're sending salty water to all these countries? Well, the only other side is, I mean, there could easily be, though, big. there could easily be just um, pipes that having to think about countries quite central. Oh, sorry, that's my ankle. Um, (laughs) Countries that are quite central in continents 
massive pipes, massive industrial pipes that go out to the coast, and they could do it themselves. It's not impossible. I mean, it makes sense. 70% of the world apparently is water from our oceans. If we can turn that into drinking water... Because that means it puts less pressure on the co- on coastal countries. I'd imagine that'd be something that has been considered. Come on then, how many then countries out of 195? 30, 100 or 180? I'd probably say 100. But then I could yeah. easily see 180 being this whole sunshine rainbow yeah. truth. But... I mean, gosh, if that's the case, then... Well, going back to our earlier question, 10 million, was it 100 million people don't have access to well water? That's the thing, um, that's the other that's side 10% of though. people... I'm going to go with 30. I'm just going to be really negative here. Why not? Okay. Um, Here we go then. Yin and yang. You say 100. uh, I say 30. Let's go with 100. It's wrong. There you go. It's rosy. It's 180. So So 180 countries out of 195 have technology for removing salt from seawater. But then that contradicts that whole idea of how countries are having to, you know, the sheer population of people having to require on uh, sorry who are relying on um rivers and you know non-flowing water like wells or oh, the distribution we earlier, the distribution as well and, and the, maybe the distribution in terms of oh you have to pay this amount otherwise you won't get it um there may be an issue as well money does seem to talk in um in capitalistic worlds that we live in but uh, yeah it, it that is quite something uh 180 out of 195 listeners 84 percent, by the way including us alex got that wrong um i mean globally apparently 300 million people get their drinking water from desalination plants Okay. Yeah, um, but most of the fresh water from them is used for agricultural industry. If you live in a country with enough drinking water provided naturally, you have most likely never come across desalinated water. In dry areas, it is of high importance to find alternative sources of water. And as desalination becomes increasingly popular globally, we need to consider the consequences of these practices and how to properly handle uh, the waste products. Well, that's interesting because mm. what is the waste product? product of desalination i would have said it was salt but maybe there is other things to it well they'll be filtering it because obviously you know we the salt uh, you know think about what's actually in the sea we are dumping a lot of waste into the sea aren't we so it's more than just well yes some cities have run out of fresh water and desalination could become a solution but unfortunately Desalination in massive volumes does also have problems. Uh, There are two kinds of desalination technology. One, thermal, which heats up water and then captures the condensation. And then two, we've heard of this, reverse osmosis, which forces seawater through the pores of a membrane. And the first method with the thermal requires lots of energy and the latter produces byproducts with environmental problems such as the salty waste, the brine left over from the process, which can be harmful if released back into our oceans, which it probably is, isn't it? Um, that's the reverse um, osmosis process. Pulling in seawater also damages the coastal seabed. Oh, that's interesting. And risks pulling in fish and other living plants and animal species. Everything has an effect, doesn't it? So we're basically saying this whole rosy picture of like, yeah, all well, these countries have access to these sanitation plants. It's actually doing a lot more damage than we might realise. Yeah, you can just see one clever group of scientists or something said, oh, we have the solution to our water issues, our healthy drinking water issues. And they signed papers and they signatured them and ratified them. And and by all means, I'm sure now we have 180 countries jamming salt water into certain plants 
at probably a huge cost, may I add, and mm. also hurting the environment as well just as much. It's I, the same, mm. what, what's the benefits really versus the non-benefits of, of, of doing such a, a new innovative uh, mechanism, way of change. And I wonder, you know, some countries have probably worked out a way of minimising the damage, minimising the uh, harmful output. Is that shared with the rest of the world? Is that given access to sort of lower income countries, etc.? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, going back earlier to what we are talking about food and these documentaries I've watched, and there's so much evidence now, um, irrefutable evidence to suggest that if we all stop having showers every day, um, if we all carpool, um, if we all do these kind of things, yes, we save water, but the biggest water saving is in stopping eating animal food dead animals things with eyes listeners there's so much water that goes into raising one of these sentient beings may i say um, with souls may i also say in my opinion and then killing them um for our um for our oral um wants wow i mean just oral wants is that can i use that one oral wants oral sensations stomach tree I think you're right yeah you get my point. Yeah, yeah, I got it. yeah it's all good. That's, um, that's clear. And I think that it's... with a balance of salination, with a balance of this and that, solar energy, wind think... energy, thermal energy, geothermal, I think there's a way Every... out of this. Yeah, it's fair to say that we just need the balance. Diversity. There, there, needs to be, there needs to be a balance. There needs to be um, an understanding that this is obviously producing a lot of harmful... You know, actually looking at the costs, sorry, looking at the um, issues around certain fields, around certain energy sources, and trying to actually achieve a good balance. And in, in so many different fields now, this is the case. And now, it, yeah, sorry, I'm just a bit sort of, <laughs> I think, yeah, it sort of makes me a bit angry, this question, because it's just, there's all this progress, but then it's like, oh... Well, there's no That's simple it. answer. There's no one fixing thing here, oh, for sure. Of course not. That's um, the thing. And, and, and again, uh, sorry, Attenborough, who we had on our show. No, we didn't have him on our show. We, we, we suggested we'd get him on our show. We're trying. Uh, which we're still, still trying. He is a very busy man. He does suggest in his latest um, blockbuster uh, documentary that we've got to bring diversity back. And that does, just doesn't just mean in nature. It means also in ideas and things that we use to innovate because the world is different all over the place. We have different strengths and weaknesses and we must work with that um, within that particular local place um, mm-hmm. to find what is the best for that local place. Okay, um, so let's move on, shall we? I think we've, we've done that one uh, to the depth. So the, the question, question question number six, it is the last question. Uh, wipe the tear from your face. How many countries have rules requiring that local communities are included when planning and managing freshwater resources? How many countries have rules requiring, now whether or not they're followed, of course, is another thing, requiring that local communities are included when planning and managing freshwater resources? You can say uh, 30% of countries have rules, 50% of countries or 70%. I'm going to just go 70 because... I know that's what they're going to try and say. There's misconceptions. I think we've agreed. I think we've said here. And that, as you said, is it followed? Well, yes. Is it ratified? And that's correct, by the way. It's 70%. We're getting good at this. Let's see how many people are ignorant. 82% got it wrong. Uh, quite something, actually. Uh, there's a lot of people that get most of these wrong, isn't there? But I think, I think a lot of it, though, comes down to 
um, just because you sign it, I think a lot of people aren't maybe fully, fully thinking it through. And it's possible that a lot of these people aren't going through the whole survey or something. It's also maybe talking a little bit about it. I, I, you know, obviously, who they assess with this could be, you know, might change the whole thing. Yes, yeah, so, and, and it says here often the locals know their surroundings best. Yes, I'd go along with that. And that's recognised in most countries. Uh, but today, more than 70% of countries have policies or laws requiring that water needs for new industrial projects, roads or construction are planned together and wonderfully with the communities surrounding the sites. However, comma, 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 like many well-meaning rules on the books, the reality can be very different. Often there aren't enough resources to plan or implement solutions to ensure that all people get enough clean water and um, safe uh, sanitation. So lots of uh, good stuff fudge packed in there, Alex, and in this episode and the other five that we've done on these various important key topics um, that many of us probably never get to really think deeply about. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to the end of clean water and uh, sanitation. I've, I've enjoyed this. I've definitely seen how kind of more ignorant I guess you are and, and, and certainly how a little bit more ignorant I am uh, and the misconceptions that abound fully in this world and as we always say do your own research yes and as I think as we've even looked more into it and certainly you know, there is all this fudge packing or this fudge that's a bad choice of wording again isn't it you know they've sort of smeared the wording of the question with fudge it with fudge whatever you want to say that was bad wording earlier. But I think the point is, <laughs> these, these podcasts have given us um, areas to catalyse thinking and um, feelings about certain things that's going around in the world and affects all of us in some big way, small way, medium way. But these are real key issues that even if you haven't thought about them a lot, something will come up in your mind. Exactly. And we discuss them. Yeah. It's, we, got, we don't think about these on a day-to-day basis. And I think the fact that we've taken the time to sit and look at these just helps make us more aware of these matters and hopefully makes others more aware of these matters. Perfect. Well, I'm, I'm being told by the researchers that's it for today, but I do believe they want to do another pod, uh, maybe for the 50th special, uh, with a bit more of these groundbreaking, interesting, deep, thoughtful, world-reaching um, questions uh, on these many different topics that affect us all or certainly will affect us, certainly more importantly as we move forward where the hell our world is going at the moment. There seems to be crises everywhere, left, right and centre, wherever you are. It's all affecting us. And so, um, yes, I think we'll get back uh, to this another time. So for now, uh, thank you, Mr. Uh, Torin Alex Eldridge Toll um, <laughs> from the uh, from the Torin Eldridge Cloll Tang Dam Bam Bam. And um, yes, we, we will see you soon, uh, listeners. Uh, as always, this is China Jedi. If you're an English-speaking teacher from anywhere in the world and you have a bachelor's degree but need an official and accredited teaching license to get a job, get a visa to teach abroad, or most importantly to learn all those things you wish you knew before you stood in front of 30-plus students, then reach now to Teach Now and secure a professional U.S. District of Columbia license in as little as nine months. Online in no time, low cost, high quality, Teach Now. Get in the game. Immediately receive a $100 discount of your tuition by signing up to the Teach Now program by the link www.teach-now.edu forward slash China Jedi. May the smile be with you.